0: Welcome back to the fourth episode of the second season of the Nothing But Nylon podcast with Gabe and Tyreek, man. Had a little bit of time away, saw a little bit of good stuff in our time away, probably a bit of not-so-good stuff at the same time. But before we get into that, there was one thing that came out over our break that me and Tyreek wanted to talk about. So I'm going to just give it right to you, and I'm going to ask you, is Bronny a Buckeye?
1: I mean, Gabe, you were saying, I think back in like August when Bronny took the visit to Ohio State, you were like, he's a Buckeye. So I should be asking you that question because it seems like you may have seen the future because he dropped his top three. I think it was USC, Oregon, and Ohio State as a third team. So I should be asking you, man, is LeBron James Jr. a Buckeye?
0: You know, I think we're still a fair fair ways away from that decision. I think while he said it's his top three right now, He didn't necessarily say his final three. That means things could change and he could like introduce new schools as time goes by. However, I do think it shows that there's a good chance there. I think it said that Ohio State's like the only school he kind of like unofficially visited because he did the thing where he came during the Notre Dame game. Uh, Obviously, like the program and everybody hasn't really been able to speak much on that. So we don't really know what all happened there. But obviously, he did do the photo shoot. So that's something. I don't know, man. When I think about it, like, I just try to picture him in all three jerseys, and all of them really just make sense to me. You know, I think growing up, you know, his dad's from Ohio, Ohio State fan, comes to games, so it's like there's ties there. Obviously, he's currently and spent most of his teenage life now in California. So playing at USC, close to if his dad stays on the Lakers, you know, still close to the family and everything, that might be good. But then also, like, the wild card really is Oregon with that. I don't even know, like, what reason I can put on it, but it's just, like, I look at Brownie in an Oregon jersey, and it just looks good. And I don't know why it does, but it does. And so it's so close to call. You know, my implicit bias wants to tell me, yeah, he's a Buckeye, but then the more and more I think about it, I just got this feeling he's a Trojan, man. I I think he's going to want to stay in that L.A. area for, like, as long as he can.
1: Yeah, Oregon does make sense on, like, a – surface level because that is the Nike factory. Um, obviously, LeBron is Nike's biggest athlete. Um, maybe arguably, depending on who you ask. But yeah, so kind of does make sense a little bit there. And Oregon produces NBA talent. Um, same thing with USC. And lately, Ohio State too. So, the, And that's the ultimate goal, obviously, for Bronny is to make it to the NBA. Um, play with or against his dad. So it's interesting, man. I mean, I guess the bright side for Buckeye fans, there's a one-in-three chance that Bronny James is a Buckeye next year And we're actually a lot closer to that decision Than, you know, it kind of seems It's already about to be February Um, High school basketball usually runs until maybe like Early March, so that decision could be coming Like within the next six weeks So definitely like gonna be something to keep an eye on But I don't know I didn't believe it at first I kind of thought he might go the G League route But it seems like um he's really set on going to college So something tells me, man He's gonna, he's gonna come to Ohio State Finish, you know, part of his dad's legacy because LeBron was probably going to be a Buckeye if he would have went to college, but decided to go straight to the league. So I I don't know why not? Why not? You know, test it out. I know one thing for sure: the attendance numbers at the shot would be crazy, especially that very first game that Bronny's there. Like, there wouldn't be no how are you looking early in the season like nine thousand fans. That that would be a full sellout for sure.
0: I I think it's going to make some good money. I think another thing you have to look at from his perspective is, like, Ohio State has not really had the best track record with NIL stuff so far. You know, there's been a lot of rumblings about, like, Gene Smith's opinions on it, you know, other people's opinions on it, where, like, Ohio State, a lot of the time really is not offering the same packages as other schools are. And I think for somebody as prominent as Bronny that obviously – no matter how good he may end up being, even if he completely was, like, a bust in everything, his NIL packages, just
1: based off name value alone... Might be the most ever. ...should be insane. It might be the most that we've probably seen so far to date because, like you said, the name value, he's literally LeBron James' son. So, yeah, that's why, like, SC does make sense. Like, I definitely see what you're saying there because still in Southern California... USC is a pretty big school, pretty good basketball school for, you know, typical standards. So it does make sense too. but I mean, the fact that Ohio state made it to the top three, I think is very promising. They've already shown in the last two seasons, they're producing one and done talent, assuming Bryce Henswell goes to the league, which I think he should, and he will. Um, so that's a positive sign moving forward for a season that has been maybe a bit of a letdown, especially just over like the last month or so. Um, which we're going to get into for sure because it has not been happy times for the Buckeyes on the court.
0: Let me ask you one more thing about Bronny. And I just think it's funny because you mentioned, like, finishing his dad's legacy. So he has a big decision coming up, right? His dad had a little bit of a thing called the decision, a little bit of a TV special where he made a big announcement. Kind of made a lot of people mad, Mm -hmm. Now you know? Ohio State fans, I feel like, are people that are usually pretty easy to get mad. Do you think, if he's following in his dad's legacy, do you think his decision will become like a public event? You think it'll be like a big thing, or you think it'll just come out on like Twitter one day? They're just like, oh, I've chosen
1: to go here for college. I don't because I feel like, well, when LeBron did that, he was very young. Like he was like 20, he was like 24. Like he was a very young guy. So I I don't think that's gonna happen. I don't think they're gonna make a big like ESP. I mean, it'll probably be like something where he'll might he might announce it on like Sports Center or something like that. Or maybe on LeBron's Uninterrupted Network. something like that. I don't think it's gonna be like that kind of crazy, but I think they'll make something out of it, but it won't be the decision type of level. So no. And Ohio State fans should not be mad if Ronnie decides to go elsewhere. He's a kid. Let him go to school where he wants, you can still be a fan of somebody even if they don't play for your team. It's, it's possible, so nah, but nah, I don't think they're gonna blow it up like the decision in 20. Was that 2010?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, that's more for like banter's sake, I guess. Obviously, it's not gonna be on that level. I keep saying obviously a lot on this episode, keep track <laughs> of that. But um, the more like it just seems like it would get more attention than like a normal college decision because he is brawny. For sure And it's like I'm not even sure Because I don't really follow Like high school Too heavy I don't know who like The top player in high school Is right now But I feel like Bronny's decision Is probably bigger than that Right?
1: And he's only like A four star I believe Unless he went up Yeah Bronny is a four star If I'm not mistaken Um, We can actually look that up Who are the top Recruits this season? Cause I'm not too familiar with the high school class either. Yeah, I, I know I recognize some of these names though. But Isaiah Collier is the guy, but he's already committed to USC. So
0: already, that's a big thing to look at. Then I'm glad we looked that up because if him and Bronny go to USC, like that's gonna be the team to look out for. You're definitely. the number one player and the biggest name value player on the same team.
1: Like definitely, yeah. That's
0: that's probably gonna have a couple NBA players on that team if. They got both of them.
1: Oregon also has a top 15 guy. Um, See where the top – Oregon actually has two guys in the top 25. See where the top – the top Ohio State player coming in next year is ranked 29th. So, really, all all three of those teams are bringing in a top high school guy. Like, if you are ranked in the top – I would even say 100 of high school basketball players in the country, pretty big time. At least you're expected to be pretty big time, so –
0: Yeah, the Buckeyes were getting really good recruitment classes recently.
1: And Bronny is 34th. He is a four-star. Yeah, okay. And Ohio State also has Devin Royal from Pick Central coming in. He's top 40 in the country. So, really, wherever he's going, it seems like all of those teams have top-end talent coming in. So, really, it's just – just depends on, I guess, what matters more to him, you know. Um, coming, I guess, home, because Bronny grew up mainly in Ohio, so they either coming home or staying where he is now or whatever Oregon possesses that might be super enticing to him. Um, is it NIL? I don't know. Um, it seems like it might be kind of hard to read the situation. I don't know if you saw that report. It was like an anonymous um, scout for a college um, team, and they were saying, like, it's so hard just to get in contact with um, Savannah James, just to even speak to Bronny. I don't know if you saw that, but yeah, no surprise. That's that's what I said. I'm like, like you think like you're just going walk into like LeBron James's living room and chill? Right, like, right. yeah, yeah. Bronny's not number one dude in the nation, but this is a different type of recruit.
0: He's a celebrity.
1: He like, is. Let's, just, let's call a spade a spade. He he, you're recruiting a celebrity he is and it's like you're not just gonna walk into his living room like nah lebron is already a very private guy you know who's stays out of like you know drama field situations so i don't know i don't know what that scout thought he was gonna do but you're not just gonna walk into lebron's house like that i'm sure it will take a lot to get an in-home visit you know in the james crib
0: i'm sure there's a ton of people who obviously want to speak to them i said it
1: again but uh also interesting A long line there Also very interesting Out of like the top 50-ish guys Bronny's Well, even past 50 Bronny's the only guy that's not committed yet Which is interesting Really?
0: Yeah
1: I'm still scrolling To like 100
0: So what I'm saying, man It might be like a really Big decision
1: Yeah, especially with it being so late yeah, they they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. They, what they're probably doing is seeing where, like everybody, you know, goes. Everybody goes. You know, so then he oh, can make I the remember. best decision for him to get acclable playing time, play with the maybe best talent possible to make, you know, Bronny's game, you know, even look better because Bronny's not like, he's not his dad. Obviously, he's a point guard, six two, six three on a good day. Different kind of players. I think Bronny will flourish more playing with good talent so he can play that true point guard role. That's that's how I feel about him personally from watching him, you know, just watching his tape and stuff. So he's people I hope they're not disappointed with what they see from Bronny. But shout out to him though. All McDonald's all American. Pretty big time. So shout out to Bronny.
0: Very big time, man. If he ends up coming to Ohio State, that'll be that'll be a really fun thing to cover. He might be the savior. Might be the savior. Savior. Well, I mean, speaking of needing a savior, <laughs> I guess that's a good time to transition. I think our last episode was somewhere in December. Might have even been before like the UNC game, somewhere around Rutgers, UNC. Cause I, I feel like we came on and talked about like you being a big Tanner Holden guy. So I think the Rutgers game yeah. happened before. But uh,
1: either way, it's been a minute, but. A
0: lot. A lot of stuff. You know, it had a game with UNC, close loss, whatever. That stuff happens like that happened last season, same deal. Uh, get through a couple games throughout the rest of December just against some, you know, I don't want to say, like, small-time opponents, but not not your biggest matchups of the season. Lower-level teams, I for mean, sure. I mean, 30-point wins for a reason.
1: Games that you should win.
0: A thin... We hit the turn of the calendar year, and we started Big Ten play. And Big Ten play has not
1: been kind to the Buckeyes. You want to hear an interesting stat that our guy Stephen Kishbaugh pointed out to me the other day? Shout out to Steve. Shout out to Steve, man, my guy. He pointed out to me that after the turn of the calendar year since Coach Holman has been in town, the Buckeyes are a 500 team. I think he, I think he said 43 and 43, and that doesn't even include NCAA tournament play. Only basically Big Ten play, Big Ten tournament play. 500 basketball team after the turn of the new year. Very interesting, man. Very interesting. So
0: here's the thing. And take from this what you will. Besides. The last game, at the time of recording, the last game is the Illinois game. So whatever happens in the Indiana game will not be covered here. But besides the Illinois game, all of these losses are incredibly winnable games. And so I don't know if that's just like a a coaching thing, just other teams were just more clutch, execution, just experience. Take away from it what you will. The fact that this, I guess I can't call it a full losing streak because there's the Iowa win in there, but six of your last seven losing stretch, I guess I'll call it. Two points, seven points, a little bit more, but, you know, it's probably free throws at the end of the game, you know, makes it a little bit further away. Three points, four points, three points. All these games, single-digit losses, most of them within five points.
1: And even like that Illinois game, nine-point loss, but that game was a lot more lopsided than that point of score indicates.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, Buckeyes were down at halftime. Like, that. that's why I'm saying besides that game, all the games before the Iowa game, all those losses, that five-game losing streak, you got to get at least a couple of those. You know,
1: it's funny because looking at that – um. The Purdue game Number one team in the country Still number one in the country Looking at that game it's like The Buckeyes played so good Had a chance to win that game Last second three from Purdue Put the Boilermakers over the top Which is like okay you lost But it's the number one team in the country You played them to the buzzer for the second straight season You played them to the buzzer Winnable game My thinking is that should build confidence It seemed like it broke the team almost right because you look at that started a six out of seven game basically skid i think they were 10 and 3 going into that game i'm not mistaken like 10 and 3 going into that game Mm -hmm. and there's just games that against teams that you probably should not lose to like i'm just gonna be honest you probably shouldn't lose to nebraska nebraska's not that great of a team i know it's a big 10 road game probably shouldn't lose against them you know um, the effort at Illinois was just kind of poor in that first half. And they dug, dug themselves a big hole. They tried to fight back, but it's just too little, too late, man. I think you mentioned, like, is it inexperience? I think part of it might be inexperience because this team is playing a lot of freshmen um, and a lot of guys that are, like, first year with the team as well. So it might be a little bit of that because, you know, we mentioned this all the time last season. Like, Big Ten plays different. It just is. Teams beat up on each other all the time. You see it so often. So. It's it's tough, man. Um, like we had expectations coming into the season that we were kind of like, you know, use the word before we started recording, like a transitional season. Like, yeah, that's that's probably what we wanted to see. But I think you'd never want to see your team lose six out of seven games in like the prime part of the Big Ten schedule. Like, you just don't want to see that happening because that digs yourself such a big hole. I think they're currently like, um the third worst team in the conference when it comes to just winning in in conference, it's just bad, man. It's just bad.
0: I mean, personally, I expected before the season for this team to not be great. I think that's where most of my predictions were kind of heading in the direction of. That's why I said transitional year. That's why I'm like, hey, you got a lot of young players. At this point where we are, Bryce might be out the door at the end of the season. But you have a lot of good recruiting classes coming up, so it's like they're going to stack more talent on. And from what I can see now, besides him, I think most of everybody should be back next year. So then your roster's just becomes very experienced, besides guys that are graduating, of course, and leaving through that way. But um, I don't even consider this like a collapse, if you know what I mean. Because... Yeah they've lost Six of their last seven But look at Before that Starting 10 and 3 Look at who those 10 teams are They lost to pretty much Every good team they played Maybe had like One or two good wins
1: That's true right Didn't mean to cut you off That's true But there were games That they were really In those games Like at Duke That was a pretty Closely contested game for about like, I'll say 30 of the 40 minutes play. That was a pretty closely contested game. Like Ohio State was right there. They had the UNC game won, like two, two different times. They were up, I think, double digits. UNC came back, Bryce hit the shot with like a few seconds left. And then they let UNC get the ball off the court to have court call timeout, and then shot to tie the game. And they just got thoroughly outplayed in OT. Those are winnable games against, at the time, good teams, right? Very winnable games. Purdue, winnable game. Like It's just like I've always felt this way. I feel like they did this last season too. They play up the competition, and then they play down to their competition. I feel like this team is a lot better than an 11-9 and team. They're more talented than that.
0: And that's the thing. And that's why I'm saying versus a collapse, it's really just the same team because they beat, like, kind of the weaker parts of their schedule – but they got to Duke, they got to UNC and they were in those games, but the late game execution was so poor that they fell apart. And in most of these games in this losing stretch, it's the same thing. It's just because you're in conference matchups, good team or not so good team, most Big Ten teams are probably better than your non conference schedule. But I mean like, like, let's be honest. And so from from there it's just yeah, it's the same thing. It's just this poor late game execution and that's what keeps absolutely killing this team. And I feel like, especially in late-game scenarios like that, I think this is why a lot of people are really coming for Coach Holtman right now. Because when it comes to that late-game scenario, especially in a college setting, I think that's when coaching is at it's most important. When you need good plays the most, when you just need the right strategy to get to the end of the game, to neutralize whatever the opposing team is trying to do and put yourself over the top, protect your lead in some cases, or maybe just make a clutch shot and steal the game because you're in position every single time. Mm-hmm. And the fact that almost all of these games, besides the Rutgers game, I think, the first Rutgers game, where they made the half-court shot to win, probably and he was be. probably out of bounds. He was. So he was out of bounds. <laughs> Probably should not have counted, so they probably should have lost that game too. If they lose that game, that means they've lost every single close game all season. You can't have worse late game execution than that. There's not one time in at least seven tries that they've got to the end of a game, had a close one, and came out on top in a way that they should have, I guess, because of the out of balance thing,
1: whatever you want to say there. I think you kind of just made my point. I think that's why it's disappointing especially when there's close losses against three teams that are also at the bottom of the conference right there with you. Those are games that you probably should win. Road game or not in the Big Ten, like, it doesn't matter. Those are games that you should probably win. So, I yeah, I, like, personally, I just feel like it's disappointing, man. This team is better than 11-9, and and coaching does play a big factor, and I do agree with you there. Like, you Like, a consistent pattern of losing close games – At that point, it's like you can look at the players, but you're like, you gotta look at the guys that are putting those players in those positions. Like, why do you keep losing these close games? Like the coach Holtman, um, I don't want to say slander, but people, you know, really doubting him. It might be a little warranted. I'm just being honest. It might be warranted. So, good good news is still quite a bit of season left to turn it around. But you almost got to go perfect the rest of the regular season and really make an impact in the Big Ten tournament to give yourself a chance to make the NCAA tournament. Like, that's the territory that we're in right now. Like, this team is probably an NIT team at best, I would say, right now.
0: And it's, it's not a good sign. It's not a good sign at all just because – and I think this might make the the slander, if we want to call it that, even stronger – is that what's been the issue with Chris Holtman every year? The late season collapses. It's always the late season collapses. They look good, and then all of a sudden at the end of the year, it's like, what is going on? This time, we're not even waiting until the end of the year. Mid-season collapse. Just like you you did good in your non-conference schedule where you like lost to pretty much everybody good you played, and now you're in your conference schedule and you're losing almost every game and when you're known For a late season collapse That's not a good sign Because it's like It can't get worse than this I don't know If it's gonna get better I feel like they're probably Gonna be one of the lowest seeds In the Big Ten tournament Get knocked out early And it's just gonna be a wrap yeah. I, I I just cannot Envision good things From this situation And it, it's just a constant String of underperformances You know we had so many Positive episodes last year I think like the last kind of two three four episodes we come on and we're like man what is going on like these boneheaded losses this late game
1: execution yeah i remember they beat illinois which i think illinois might have been ranked like top five at that time or something close to it they were on the really road good. too big malachi game yeah and then after that they lost to like maryland nebraska i think iowa came into Columbus and handed it to him like yeah they had some tough losses To non non top 25 teams. So yeah, I mean, I guess the good news is like there's time to turn it around. But I haven't seen much that would give me confidence as an Ohio State fan that okay, this team will turn it around. A lot has to change. A lot has to change, guys. Got to be better. Seki has to be better. Um Bryce has consistently been doing his thing, but other guys got to step up, man. Other guys got to step up.
0: Yeah, I hate to say like disappointment, but going back to like our our preseason stuff and thinking like we both had justice as like our team MVP for the year or at Maybe. least I or one of us did, I feel
1: like I thought we had
0: Zed. Maybe it was that. Oh, no, Justice was like the wild card. We were saying maybe Justice, but the injury might hold him back. I had said. I think I was going to put Justice, but because he was injured, I was like he might take a little bit of time to get into it. But I thought he'd at least be like battling for like leading a scorer. Yeah, he's second on the team, but Mm -hmm. I feel like he's just been real inconsistent all year. And for your veteran player. They both have. You need a little bit more from there. Especially the efficiency numbers are not great. Zed, he had his little injury spell, which kind of killed the team for a second. He only missed not a lot of time at all, like maybe a game or two. Was not out for long, but just the, the way that's been, I don't know. That feel like it put a, even more of a damper on things. And then just just, just across the board, I think – we talked about this a lot last episode, actually, where it was it was like Bryce was doing his thing every game. He still is. And then it was just like one other guy stepping up. Yeah. And you, you need more than that. You can't just have one random guy. And then it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have a good game too. And then everybody else plays kind of bad. You don't get a lot of wins like that, and they're not getting a lot of wins because of that. Yeah. I don't know if it's just like a whose role is what or just a system thing or what's going on, but it just it doesn't feel like there's that clicking of like, yeah, we can all play good at the same time.
1: Yeah, I agree. And it's like I feel like at least last year's team had – they knew who was the guys. Like they, they had their two guys. Everybody else kind of played a role. This year's – it's different. Now. I think it kind of makes sense because – a lot of new faces coming in. Um, I, I think it surprised me more that the team started out so good. Like I would expect the early season to be more of a struggle instead of this mid season stretch, but something's gotta change, man. Something has to change if this team has any hopes of making the tournament, which at this point is very much up in the air. I would probably bet towards they would not be an NCAA tournament team.
0: I'd probably have to agree with you there, which really sucks. After last year, you know, advancing, didn't go too far, but getting a tournament win to not even making the dance is like, ah, yeah. that's a tough step back. And I know you lost two NBA players, but from a program level, bringing in a good class recruiting-wise, getting some solid transfers like Sean and Tanner, just bringing in everything you got in. I, th- I think they had roster and they had a talent level to, to do a lot better than they've done like 11 and nine right now but like I just listed like six close games that they sh- could have won could be sitting at like what, 15 and five but that's just not the case and if, if you're talking about 15 and five you know in this conference that, that's a completely different story we're talking a lot different you know 15 and five isn't like best in the nation but like 15 and five very solid very solid and i think for what our expectations were that's pretty dang good
1: yeah i just had to look at some stats it's basically doing like his play hasn't elevated in conference play which is kind of disappointing i don't know with him being one of the i guess vets i i, I expected a little more man expected a little more and, and with justice being you know he started out kind of hot dropped down a little bit those are the guys that have been around, so you you would just want to see them lead the charge, you know. I mean, there's still time to do so, so that's why I'm not, like, really harping on them. But there, there's time to turn the ship around, man. They're 20 games in. I think it might be, like, eight more regular season games. So there's time. But it, it has to start with Indiana Saturday.
0: Yeah. Absolutely
1: And that's a a tough ask too (laughs)
0: Yeah, Indiana on the road That's that's a tough call, man I I think that's the big thing Is that a lot of these losses Have been at home So Not a lot, but definitely a few That they should have won Been at home So it's like Got these road games coming up, man Big Ten road games That's That's no easy task
1: At least I don't have To go to Rutgers anymore <laughs> Hey Rutgers does yeah. not Lose at home bro Like that is insane That needs to be studied Like why do they Always win
0: Yeah you're still Going to Michigan Going to Iowa Going to Purdue
1: Going to Michigan State So Purdue twice this season That's tough that's tough. That's like, yeah, that, that's, that's going to make that loss to them hurt even more because they I, – I don't want to say they had that game won, but it it was right there. It was right there. They played one of their best games of the year. Maybe the Z injury really did hurt, but they played one of their best games and still could not get the win. And then everything after that has been very meh.
0: It's just been the very story meh. of the Chris Holtman era, man. I feel like the floor is always pretty high. like. Let's not sit here and ask like this this team is like the worst team we've ever seen, you know. Nah. Like not there's the worst. there's teams out there in college basketball that are probably like five and fifteen right now. For four, sure. Four and sixteen. Like there's some a lot of six and fifteen basketball teams. There's man. some some absolutely terrible teams out there from a winning standpoint. And with Ohio State, you're almost guaranteed at this point at least like you might be around five hundred. But it just feels like the
1: ceiling has become so low. I wouldn't even say 500. Like, this is below the median for them. Um, At least every season, I'm pretty sure tournament team. Usually one of the best in the Big Ten. That's the thing. Like, so now this is pretty much the floor. Uh, This is, like, below the floor, man. (laughs) It's below the floor, in my opinion. But I don't know, man. I guess the bright side... Bryce Sensible has been really damn good. He has been really, really good. But then the negative to that, I was looking at some mock drafts, man, because you know me, love my NBA draft stuff.
0: Future uh, future, future Utah Jazz player, man, He's getting drafted to Salt Lake.
1: I don't know, but last time I checked Kevin O'Connor's mock draft with the ringer, I believe he, Bryce was ranked as like the 7th, 17th, my bad, 17th best prospect. Let me pull it up real quick But How does that make you feel Gabe? That's
0: I'm saying man Future Utah Jazz I just know they got They got a bunch of picks From the Rudy trade So There's a, there's a good see. chance Somewhere in that middle area Whether it's their own pick Whether it's the Wolf pick Whatever it may be I think That's my prediction Especially because They'll be looking to bring Some guys in Him being that high though I can't say I'm too surprised He's, he's played up to that level I think He's I think far and away the best player on the team.
1: Yeah, best, on a D one best prospect for sure. Too good
0: conference team. He's still putting up good numbers against the good teams. Like it's not like he was like hoping against mid majors. Then went to Big Ten play and looks like a schmuck. Like he's you know, he's went in and he's he's looked good. You against know what's so funny?
1: Teams. Like this was off rip too. Like Malachi Branham last year yeah. Took time This was off rip Like he came in day one Getting buckets
0: Branham broke out against like Nebraska Yeah And Before then he that started he was taking just off cool. He took off in January And that's the thing versus last year Is like How'd the, Like how'd they do as good as they did last year They didn't even know who number two was Until January Yep. They knew that Bryce was him From like the very beginning
1: You wanna hear Okay, well, he's not ranked 17th anymore. Maybe he he was always ranked this. He's 14th. So, not saying he's a lottery pick, but in this case, he would be a lottery pick. Top 14 player, right?
0: That's right around – I feel like Malachi got almost that high. Ended up going around 20, I think. But I feel like Malachi was
1: was touted pretty high. Yeah, he dropped, but I don't think it was because, like, it's probably more like team need and stuff like that. When you get into, like, outside the lottery range – do you want to guess who they're comparing him to? I, I like this a lot. Just think of... Okay. I'll give you some hints. Think of... Okay, it's a wing player, obviously. Um, I
0: hate this. It's always like, the next, this guy.
1: It just says Shays Up, so it's not like the next. It's just like, if you watch him, kind of reminds you. When, I, when you guess this, it'll make sense. So, I'm trying to think. Um, this guy, he used to be... He's played for a few teams. Like I think three teams exactly. He used to be a pacer. I think that's where his best seasons were. Um,
0: well, Paul George?
1: Not Paul George.
0: Uh, yeah, I was about to say shades of Paul George uh, would be crazy, but you said three teams, best years as a pacer. I'm like
1: best years as a pacer. He's, I guess now he's like a three level scorer, but really gained his like buckets in the mid range. Um, I'm trying to think Not the most athletic guy um, Was really good in the bubble Like really good
0: uh, in the bubble He only played for three teams Yeah You're Talking about TJ right
1: TJ Warren Yeah He's on Suns, Pacers, Pacers, and Nets
0: that, That's it?
1: That's it Yeah
0: where did he start his career?
1: Phoenix I think he was like a lot. I think he was like fourteenth pick for something like that. Really, you know what college he went to?
0: Absolutely not. Oh, NC State. (laughs) Absolutely not. Shout out to my guy Steve again. Second time this episode, NC State fan. But yeah, shades
1: of it says shades of a mini TJ Warren, and that makes like when you watch Bryce really gets off in the mid range, but can't shoot the three, can't finish in the paint.
0: I know it's college, but like, and
1: it's really a one trick. Like he, he's a bucket getter. Like that's what he does. He gets buckets. <laughs>
0: hey, forty six percent from three this season. Like that's
1: that's good. Even even On, if it's college, that's good. And you see his his volume is like.
0: I was say he's the team's leading scorer. There. You know he's <laughs> taking some shots. I'm just
1: saying. I'm saying from three. Like period. Like forty two of nine out of ninety. Like ninety three is attempted in college at this point, Twenty games in. That's. Four a game? He's letting it
0: fly, man.
1: Might be like cl- closer to four and a half a game. Yeah, it is four and a half. Sorry, I'm not a math major.
0: Yeah, if we're if we're trying to be be positive on on the podcast, it's it's Bryce time, man, and that's like I think Ohio State's best bet going forward. Just these nice recruiting classes, you can get some. Like, probably can get even better when you start thinking, oh. Look, we have, you know, Dwayne Washington didn't do the best draft wise, but he's a real NBA player. He went here. Yep. He's did some good things for the Pacers, did some good things for the Suns at this point. I I don't know if he's still rostered by Phoenix. Yeah, he is. Okay, I was, I, I thought so. Um, you know, turn around, EJ, he slid a lot in the draft, but got himself drafted. A lot of people might have not even thought he would have went that far. Malachi, surprise, one and done. I don't think anybody expected one and done. I, I know he had a ton of potential. But I did not expect all that. Bryce comes in from day one. It's looking like he's going to be one and done. That's Moving what, forward, yeah. I think that, that only increases the amount of recruiting you get. You know, like At the end of the day, if I'm like – The top, top college prospects. Sure, going to like a blue blood that's going to compete for championships in college would be cool. But there's a lot of guys who I think their goal is just to get to the NBA and college is just that stepping stone they got to go through. For guys like that, dude, they don't care if Ohio State goes like... They don't care if they're 11-9 and at this point in the season every year. If they can do what Bryce is doing right now and get to the NBA... A lot of guys will sign up for
1: that. Playing against top competition, too. and I feel like a lot of maybe college kids coming in now, like, that is the goal. Like, we just want to get to the NBA. Like, if a lot of these guys could skip that process of going to college, they probably would, and I wouldn't blame them either. Like, you look at the teams that win the national championships, they're usually upper-class heavy. Like, teams that made it last year. Yeah, there's been a couple. Kansas, UNC, those teams were both upper-class heavy.
0: There's a couple that will have, like – They'll win the title if then a guy like come out to the draft like right away.
1: I Think the last the last team. DeAndre I think,
0: Hunter is the one that I like comes to mind for me instantly. Virginia. I don't
1: think he was a one and done though.
0: I don't think he was a one and I guess just from the sense of like won a championship went right to the NBA.
1: I'm thinking a lot of college teams like no, most teams do that like OJ Abaji last year. Um, who won the year before Baylor? Davion Mitchell. Um there wasn't a tournament in 2020 i forget who 2019 was the hunter i think yeah they t- most championship teams typically have one guy that's nba ready but i'm thinking in the sense of like the last team i can think of that had like multiple one and duns that led the team and won a championship was like duke in 2015 i think with Jahlil Okafor, Tyus Jones, Justice Winslow. Makes I think sense. that's the last team I could personally think of. Early
0: to mid-2010s had some of those. Kentucky won in uh, 2012, didn't they?
1: Anthony Davis, yeah.
0: Anthony Davis, so yeah. It, it happened occasionally in there. I, I feel like, yeah, the one-and-done teams don't really don't really make those pushes. It's
1: anymore. rare, man, because kids, they're just trying to get to the league, and I do not blame them.
0: you think that changes now that they can make money in college too? Do you think they'll, like, sit back and enjoy it a little bit more? I'm not saying not be like – want it
1: done but like like maybe care more about winning they might care a little bit
0: more about winning and less about like being the top pick because they're making money at this level anyways i know it's not like nba money's way more yeah but do you think basically this like dynamic we're talking about changes at all the more normalized nil becomes
1: it might make it worse honestly
0: really guys just trying to get to the next step even though they're getting paid now
1: yep i think that's why we'll see more people go to like obscure schools maybe because maybe their nil bag is bigger there an
0: obscure that, school has a bigger NIL not obscure
1: bag? but like teams that we don't think of as like the blue bloods like people might stray away from um duke and maybe go to like usc or oregon so or,
0: usually you don't mean like Picking like Random mid-majors Nah, you know, nah not so, mid-majors okay. But like When you said you know, like Obscure teams I'm like Nah I don't I'm even like, I'm like I'm Nobody's like, gonna man.
1: go to Tulane And get an NIO bag Like nah <laughs> No no shot at Tulane nah, bowl hey,
0: Respect to mid-majors that
1: Whenever a mid-major is good It's I like love the mid-majors craziest
0: man Craziest thing ever bro Like
1: The only thing I hate about mid-majors Is like The conference play Is just terrible But
0: who did jaw put up a triple double on in the tournament was it marquette
1: yeah yeah
0: crazy crazy performance that was like the best mid-major performance i know like steph crazy this thing but that was like 15 years ago at this point and i'm 20 years old
1: tj had a nasty game against duke
0: <clears throat> sorry i'm sure you loved that
1: yeah enjoyed it um i, I actually i seen the TikTok this morning remember loyal chicago in
0: 2018 i think Remember? Oh, Of course, I remember. They played Ohio State in the tournament last year.
1: Yeah, but I'm talking about they tw- when they made the final four in 18.
0: Crazy run, bro. That was my. That's like I, I was feel like it's everybody's like favorite Cinderella
1: run. They were showing off like their games. Every game was a close game that they just hit a big shot in until their luck ran out against Michigan. But it was like crazy run, man. I really wanted them to win it all.
0: I mean, that's a while ago now, but I know at least as of last year, they were really a team that just played good defense and. Yeah, offense just kind of got by. So th- those games being super close makes sense. You know, keep it close and then get some like big stop, hit your shot down the stretch, and all that Yeah. On to the next one. Had a little bit of divine intervention there from Sister Jean. But, uh, a fun run. I mean, C- Cinderella ones. F- there's there's the one every year, and I think everybody's gonna take their favorite. I I feel like if they had, especially if they had won the title. You, with that North Carolina run last year... Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. Would have been, like... It was still sweet crazy. enough because it was, like, we beat Duke in the Final Four. Like, we retired Coach K, so it was still kind of sweet.
0: You did hit your final leg, that is
1: true. Yeah, but, ah, uh, we was up 15 at halftime against Kansas. Should've, often, I feel like often times game.
0: I end up caring about, like, that, like, Cinderella team who just has a really good story or, like there's some player who is clearly destined for stardom that just absolutely like balls out in the tournament that's why versus just that random blue blood with a bunch of upper class that ends up winning the title but it's just kind of boring i don't know
1: yeah that's why i I absolutely love like just tournament play in general especially in basketball because it's like that one guy that gets hot at the right time and just starts playing the best basketball of his life can really like lead a team to a deep run like you remember carson edwards i think that was 2019
0: he purdue, started going Purdue. hey that was one of the only times i'm like dude i need purdue
1: to go like all ne- i needed them to win the national bro. carson edwards he deserved that ring
0: i i, I love some jaden ivy but
1: he but deserved, i needed carson edwards to go he deserved that ring man he was doing like he basically was like steph curry on the college floor <laughs> which Am is crazy.
0: I tripping, or was Jason Preston at OU, was he hooping in the tournament?
1: Hey, he was their best player. Did they have, like, they, a solid run? I think they won one game, and then they almost won their second one to make the Sweet 16, but it was a close uh, loss.
0: I, I was about to say, I, I don't know why I remember, like, Jason Preston hooping in the tournament so, like,
1: vividly. I forget who they beat, but, yeah, they won their first game, and lost their second one. I think it was a closer loss, though. I remember, like, Wichita State used to be, like, that dominant mid-major team. I think they, like, one year they were, like, underdogs, like eight-seed type thing, and then the next year they were one seed.
0: Oh, did they beat Virginia? Did they? I, th- I think it says... He had like a double double in the first round of the NCAA tournament against Virginia. Hold up.
1: Maybe they lost.
0: No, they won that game. Thirteen versus four. They they beat Virginia sixty-two to fifty-eight.
1: Beautiful. I I don't like Virginia basketball personally. Yeah, and they
0: lost to UNBC, man.
1: Was... Oh, I celebrated.
0: Celebrating in the streets, man. Man. Came back around and won the title next year. Still didn't care for him. That's, that's what I mean by, like, some of those teams that I just, like, I don't know. Like, they had DeAndre Hunter, like, the year they won the title, but also just, like, eh. Texas Tech just felt a little bit more, like, out of the blue. Yep. So I was rooting for them in that national title game. Fortunately, Jarrett Culver did not pan out.
1: Yeah. Shout out to Matt Mooney, though. He kept him alive in that game. It's interesting looking at this mock draft Because there's so many players that are not in college Like half of the top 10 Aren't college players
0: It is interesting Because I feel like the point of that alternate Like the alternate routes At least like American wise I know a lot of times like players just come from overseas now It's so much more common But at least in the states Kind of like the g-league route and all that was really just to pressure college into letting the players make money and now college lets players make money yeah but still i don't think that's really changed the fact that a lot of people are going with that g-league option
1: some people don't want to go to school and i do not blame them
0: yeah the way these past couple semesters have been I don't blame him either. I don't blame them, either. Don't even blame them just, either.
1: If you know you want to make it to the NBA, why spend half your time taking classes and stuff? Just go ahead, go to G League route, go overseas, so you can just work work on your game, become I mean, a pro.
0: There's some pros and cons to it. Like realistically, personally, if you go to the NBA, you're probably set for life. Yeah. But at the same time, how many NBA players play to like a third contract? But like might the, get a second but like a lot of guys that might get one contract and then you're out. That you could come out and you could have like a college degree basically that might, for free.
1: That might be true. It might be true, right? And now you can make money in college too. That might have been true before this last wave of the generation of basketball players, right? Somebody like Mikey Williams is probably I don't know, his pockets, but he's probably making a lot of money as a high school basketball player. Just by having that f- that notoriety of being You know A, a big name on social media Like that, That's why it might be different now I do see what you're saying Like maybe like Seven, eight years ago That could be the case But I think it's a lot different now That's also like The top,
0: top recruits though
1: That's what I'm thinking Most of the dudes That are top, top recruits That the, the, Those are the ones That will take like The G League Or the overseas route And a lot of times Like They at least make it To a second contract Most yeah, times Like I, I Melo in- NBA is, like, a weird one. Emmanuel Moutier played a long time. Brandon Jennings played a long time. Those are guys even from, like, half to a decade ago. Because if you you
0: compare it to, like, even just the other side of basketball, like WNBA players, they have to go, like, four years for college before they can
1: go to the WNBA. I think three makes them eligible, unless they change the rules.
0: It's either three or four, but it's, like, you are just, like – requirement, kind of most of the way to a college degree by the time you come out. With NBA players, I guess it does make a lot more sense to just not want to go to school, because if you're the best of the best, you're there for one year. Yeah. How much... How close to a college degree really are you in one year? Maybe you could get kind of close to an associate's, but you're, you're not going to be, like, about to finish a bachelor. You're probably going back and doing most of it later if you do it at all. Even with, like, football. Like, football, you have to go at least three years. So even like most of those guys the top of the top guys they're coming out and they already have most of a degree If not, so I think like men's basketball of all things would make school
1: the least appealing most definitely maybe that and baseball cause some guys get drafted out of high school makes
0: sense yeah I'm
1: not too familiar with
0: baseball stuff not my specialty
1: get drafted out of high school man
0: I didn't even learn women's basketball was as long as it was until super recently.
1: Yep, I know I know that because they made it a big deal when I think Jewel Lloyd like only played for three years, like she skipped her senior year, went to the draft. Which I'm like, I did not know that they had to wait so long. Like Caitlin Clark, she would probably go into the WNBA and be a top guard because she's just that nice. But yeah, in basketball. that's
0: what that's what I was thinking like. Like, Caitlin Clark, I know, like, Paige just had some injuries, but Paige Buckets,
1: like, she... Sabrina had to wait, and Right, she Sabrina had to wait
0: forever. In. I know she's there now, but I'm just thinking, like... Yeah, Dude, imagine the level of stars that the WNBA could push if they just let them come early. And I think that's something, especially kind of as we're pushing women's sports yeah. more than ever, like, I think we should really look at that because the NBA market stars, and a lot of times young stars, John Morant was... Luca. Zion doing crazy stuff at, like, 21 years old. We could have had, like, Sabrina doing some crazy stuff at, like, 20 years old. Paige doing some crazy stuff at, like,
1: 20 years old, you know? Facts. I don't know. Maybe that'll change when or if the WNBA ever, like, can expand their teams because I think they only have, like, 20 teams. That might even be high. I'm not going to lie. That might be high. But, like, because I see a lot of times – like they can't, like players that were like top five picks, don't make it to their second contract because there's just not enough roster fle- flexibility to bring in new got new players and stuff. So it's like, hmm. it's it's tough in the WNBA, man. It's tough. That's true. Cause... oh, I was way high. They only have twelve teams. I was way high. They've been around for,
0: what, 25, 30 years?
1: I think it just hit 25, like, how many, a season or two How ago. many teams
0: did the NBA have in, like, 1970? That was, like, Probably not
1: a lot. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's still very early in the WNBA process. That's why I hey, hate when people try and compare it to the NBA now cause the NBA's been around for over 75 years.
0: Right, yeah. You know how they say, like, they even say, like, oh, Michael Jordan was playing against Plumbers. Bro, like, what do you think, like, 70s players Were playing against A lot of those guys Had to have second jobs To play
1: in the NBA Exactly Like Like I'm sure They wasn't They didn't have to play overseas But maybe that's because Overseas wasn't an option Back then
0: Over, I mean Given travel stuff Yeah It's way harder the world is A lot more globalized Now in Yeah age Than it was Even In the
1: 90s Yeah Interesting um, Conversation That we just had I don't even know How we got to this point to be honest
0: Big ramble man Had to talk about Something else Besides losing But do Do we think Do we think Ohio State Turns it around And if so When And if they're Going to What do you think Is the route for that What do you think To does turn it? it around Yeah Indiana Wisconsin at home Michigan Northwestern at home we already beat
1: I think I think they lose to Indiana.
0: Okay. They'd be losing seven out of their last eight.
1: But then I could see them going on a four-game win streak. I'm gonna call that out. I think they win four straight after that. I
0: Wisconsin, think, Michigan, Northwestern, Michigan State. I think they win those games. Wisconsin is not great. Michigan's middle of the pack. They're not too far off. There's a lot of spots between them, but five and four, four and five, just close conference right you know, now. I, I think the Michigan, Michigan yeah. State, a little bit better.
1: I think the Indiana game is a loss, but I don't think it's gonna. I think they're gonna play one of their best basketball games that they played recently. But I think Indiana will probably get the win just because Assembly Hall is a tough place to win.
0: If I see Ohio State lose by three points, I think the season's cooked
1: think so you think that would be too demoralizing
0: you can't you just they gotta get the next one yeah sure surely they have to win the next close
1: game. it actually might be a must-win game at this point but i don't think they're gonna win it i'm gonna just be honest I, hopefully they prove me wrong so we can have some better basketball conversation to talk about than all the negatives but i just don't see it man i don't see it turning around that quickly i think We'll just have to see. We'll just have to see. Cause Indiana hasn't been amazing recently either, so I don't know. Must low key a must win game though at this point in the season, kind of a must win, which is weird to say. Twenty games in, and this team is one and five on the road, by the way. So not great.
0: You know the Big Ten, man. They beat up on each other. Hey. <laughs> classic, big. classic Tyree quote.
1: Classic one, and it's very true. If you look around the Big Ten, it's just teams beating each other. Every team gonna have like at least eight losses, except probably Purdue. Purdue yeah, is Purdue the cream. Yeah, Purdue overall twenty and one. They're the cream of the crop.
0: Second is is Rutgers. was. They, really like right? yeah, they got like six losses, right?
1: Yeah, they got fourteen and six. Yeah. six and
0: three conference.
1: Rutgers at home, though they don't lose. <laughs> they don't lose.
0: Well, they lost twice at home.
1: Really, that's yeah. surprising. Rutgers madness is dead
0: I wonder who they lost to at home
1: Let's see I think they beat Purdue
0: They lost to Iowa at home Big 10 That's man pretty random. Big
1: 10
0: Look what was the, I don't even see another home on here. But it says they got
1: two Maybe I just can't read Maybe It's okay
0: Oh they lost to Seton Hall at home I feel like I remember that Non-conference game
1: Kind of makes sense. see Hall is usually
0: a pretty good squad.
1: Yeah, I think they're decent this year. If I'm not mistaken. Shout out to Miles, pal. Scene Hall legend. So the
0: call out is four straight Buckeye wins after Indiana. I see. So
1: do not. <laughs> I know sports gambling is illegal. Do not take that to Vegas.
0: Please
1: do not trust me on that, but I, I, I could see it happening know Four straight wins. The, that's the only way that they can salvage the season in some type of way.
0: Yeah, you're probably right about that. You're probably right about that. I do think focus on the positives. We'll yeah. Get to see some more out of Bryce.
1: I think, yeah, the good things moving forward, like even if this season is a wash – Get to watch Bryce for another ten or so games, play really good basketball, and the freshmen have been cool. Felix has been really good defensively, blocking shots. Bruce, another year under a year as a starting point guard under his belt, he'll probably be back next year. Continue to improve on that, and Roddy Gill's been cool too. He's had moments, and he's always rock, rocking the headband. And you have a good class coming in with potentially Bronny James. Potentially, but you got some other really good guys in there too.
0: We have come full circle back to Bronny.
1: Back to Bronny, man. It's it's possible, but Ohio State got some guys coming in, man. So, so you know, even if this season's not the greatest, you got something to look forward to at least, with the potential of LeBron James Jr. coming in and really rocking up. See, yeah, they got a. Top 45 recruit, top 40, potentially Bronny. And then I think there was a, like, top 20 or something like that. Top 29, top 30-ish, yeah. Gotcha. So they got guys coming in, man. Guys coming in. The recruiting classes for Ohio State have definitely been filled with names. It's
0: the, that's the, the peak of the Holtman era. I think people – People that want him out the door, I think that's the primary argument against doing that is he has all these really talented classes coming in and you know, if he's out the door, most of those guys probably, you know, change their commitment.
1: And he's getting guys to the league.
0: Yes. So there's some good things to look forward to. I think, you know, even even if this even if team one two four ends up not really panning out the best, I think there's a lot of good things to look at for team one two five. And one, two, four, have the legacy of being the Bryce year. The Bryce year. You know, if you're a guy who follows college and NBA, you can follow his journey, I think, and really probably see him do some real good things. If he's 14 now, and I only really would expect him to keep doing better and getting better.
1: Yeah, man, positives, man. See, we can be positive sometimes. We
0: can be positive. But that said, you got anything else, Tyreek?
1: I think we're good, man. Good episode back, and hopefully um, we'll have some brighter – House well, will conversations next time.
0: Yes, recording in the midst of a losing stretch is not fun. But hopefully we can turn that around by the next episode. With that being said, this has been Nothing But Nylon with Gabe and Tyreek. Thank you for listening. Thank you for SGSR for giving us the platform to do what we do. With that said, until next time, keep hitting Nothing But Nylon. Peace.